Yeah, look out, it's the week before Christmas. This is Pete Pomisano on Off-Road, a road less traveled podcast. Thank you once again for listening. Thank you once again for subscribing. Thank you once again for all of the kind comments. This week, Jeff Russo, the uh, WKBW Channel 7, 5, and 11 o'clock news anchor. He's a friend of the theater. He's a friend of Scott's. And now I think I can consider him a, a friend of mine as well. And uh, in continuing with our podcast philosophy, which is not just to make it about theater, but just to make it about Buffalo and, and the people who make a difference here in Buffalo. Although, of course, you could consider TV and broadcasting a form of theater, a form of entertainment, as I say to Jeff Russo in the interview. Um, it's not strictly equated with theater as such. And fear not, because we've got some very theater-oriented podcasts coming up in the near future. I have a few recorded, and uh, they are ready to be finalized and uh, put out within the next month or so. I'm trying to mix it up a little here on the podcast so that we can attract a, a wide variety of people. So we've got some theater folks, Matt Whitten and Jay Desiderio and Diane Jones. But uh, we also have somebody very interesting coming up, Adam Ziglis, who is the... Buffalo News editorial cartoonist. Great interview. I was really looking forward to talking to him because I just admire him so much and I admire his cartoons so much. So he'll be coming up uh, in January, I think, uh, perhaps even the next podcast. So make sure you stay tuned for that. And Jeff Russo is with us today. Very interesting guy, a local boy, local as far as Rochester, and then moved to Buffalo, but he lives here now with his beautiful wife and family, and um, he's pretty well known in the broadcasting arena, and he's also very well known in the sports arena because he was originally a sportscaster on Channel 7, but then he moved to doing uh, straight news, and we'll talk to him about that as well. So here's Jeff Russo. I hope you enjoy it on Off-Road, a Road Less Traveled podcast. Welcome, Jeff Russo, to Off-Road. This, that's the name of this podcast. A play on Road Less Traveled, uh, which is the, uh, the theater that we're sitting in right now. And uh, you were just telling me a story of how you met Scott and how you know him. And I don't know if you want to tell yeah, me Yeah, no, absolutely. First of all, it's an absolute honor. Thank you for having me. This oh, is fantastic. It's great to come and, and spend some time with you. Yeah, um, Scott's been a long family friend, and I'm just happy <laughs> that he, at this point, still talks to me. <laughs> it dates back, really, to 2006, and he and my wife became friends. Mm -hmm. My wife, Misha, was working on opening up the church, or Asbury Hall, with Ani DeFranco and Scott Fisher at the time. And oh. Scott was looking for a venue yes. to do his um, event with Alec Baldwin at the time. So I right. believe this was 2006. In the meantime, my wife and I were dating. And I was planning our engagement for a long period of time, and Scott had invited us to either the opening of the season or the opening of Road Less Travel Productions for, mm -hmm. a, for a show. And that was always in the back of my mind. You know, I wanted to go see the theater. It would be a great event, great date with my wife, or not my wife, with my, my girlfriend at the yes. time. But I was planning our engagement at the time. So I uh, got the ring and talked to family, talked to friends, <laughs> and my girlfriend, Misha, at the time said, so we're going to the, the play tonight. 
and that was the night I was getting and, engaged. And you're in your head thinking, oh, no, no, this so, is the day I've got So I pop the question. We do the whole thing, and it turns into an organic party, and we miss the show. And I believe Scott <laughs> left the seats up front. And Never I felt spoke bad. to you again. No. <laughs> he has forgiven me, thank goodness. And well, we have I'm, been, I'm um, sure he would. We have been, uh, you know, longtime family friends ever since and, and long supporters. Had you known we, Misha a long time before that? We had, had met, a, yeah. A longtime girlfriend? Uh, you know, several years, a couple mm-hmm. years here and there, we'd known and each other in so Buffalo. Happened. This that was, was the day. day. Had it planned. That was the day. We had family and friends on tap, mm-hmm. and sh- and she, she had, doesn't know, so she's planned it right. even at the theater. And I, I just had, you know, we were so excited, and we were such a celebratory mood, but just had that in the back of my head that. You know, we, we let our friend at the time down at a big moment. So I'm ever thankful for Scott that oh, we continue to. It's a perfectly reasonable <laughs> excuse. He's a great guy. You yeah. got engaged. And look at that. Thing. Now it's, it's it was all for love, really, right? You know, 13 years love, later. Yeah. Love will find a way. There you go. Somebody somebody famous <laughs> wrote that. Yeah. Uh, I want to talk about your background. And because, and, I, I, of course, I did a little research sure. on you. Right. And I found out you were born in the Ukraine. No, no, no. that's not an ultra. <laughs> <laughs> no, that you're from Rochester. Yeah. And, uh, and then you... You went to Fredonia, yeah. and so let's talk a little bit yeah, about that. Yeah, I was uh, born and raised in Webster, New York, outside of Rochester. Went Webster. to high school there, uh, a suburb outside of Rochester, mm-hmm. up near Lake Ontario. Mm-hmm. Um, the town motto there is Webster, where life is worth living, which always made me a little self-conscious for everybody else. I mean, what a weird thing to say. <laughs> but I love As the, opposed to everywhere else. For everywhere else, else it's not worth it. But here in Webster, no, great yeah. little, great little town. It has grown since then. Graduated high school there, went to, on to Fredonia State uh, mm-hmm. for broadcast journalism. Had a couple other options, looked at some bigger, the Ithacas and the Syracuses yes. of, you know, the big-time broadcasting schools, and just decided that Fredonia was right for me. And uh, went there and, and uh, graduated in 1997. Um did some broadcasting there, dove right into it, got as involved as I could, even did a soap opera there. That were, I know it sounds very strange. Who's doing a, the soap opera? I'm not an actor in any way, but I was involved in the television no, you, station. If you're on TV, you're an actor, <laughs> believe me. Well, they started this soap opera called Credit Hours, and it was taped and produced by WNYF-TV at Fredonia State. And we shot these episodes. It was an independent study, and they edited together this soap opera that aired four, five, six episodes a season. And I did. Now, when you say aired, uh, aired on actual yeah, broadcast local, or local, only? Uh, local television. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it was either a cable station or what have you from okay. w, WNYF, the, the student station. Okay. Yeah. And uh, so I, I did that. And here's the strange tie-in: my first broadcasting job was in Jamestown, New York, so down in Chautauqua County. My whole family's from Jamestown. There you go. Yeah. So a couple years out, it was for Time Warner Cable Eight News at the time. And I'm on the air doing sports at Time Warner Cable Time Warner, News. Yes. And one or two channels up was WNYF-TV out of Fredonia State, where they're running my soap opera still. <laughs> <laughs> so here I am at professional capacity oh my and playing Mitch Costas on this soap opera. But... um uh, that's a funny time. Was it a typical uh, uh, soap opera? You know, yeah, the, it was the you romantic. Know, uh, the, the, oh, yeah. The, 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 you know, the triangle. Was, and Yeah, the, it was credit hours. You know, it was, you know, the typical, you know, who college drama. Who wrote they this They had thing? writers. They had producers. They had photographers. I mean, for the big. It oh, was, they did it up they right. They did it right. Actually, we were nominated for a national award by the National Association of College Broadcasters in, I believe, 1996. And, so, and did you say the name of the of the of the... Of the soap opera? Yeah, it was, cre- it was called Credit Hours. Credit Hours. Credit Hours. And actually, someone just recently dug up. Was it about college kids? Just about college kids. Yep, going through the, you know, the, the soap opera board. about college kids. That's what it was. I was Mitch Costas, a <laughs> basketball star slash virgin to the second season. Uh-huh. And, uh, and then, <laughs> it all played out. Then, then, and it was, it was great. It was happen. great. But in terms of, like, you know, getting in front of a camera or getting on stage, like, you know, so many of you do, it was just an opportunity to try and 
you know, evolve as a, you know, I don't, not as an actor for me, but someone who is going to be in a, in a, you know, profession in front of people or in front right. of a Any, camera. Anything that helps you get, right. you know, get your feet wet being in front of a group. Absolutely. Uh-huh. So that was, that was Fredonia, then to Jamestown. My first television job was as, as a weekend sports guy in mm-hmm. Jamestown. For that's Time re- Warner. For Time Warner. Yeah. That's really what I wanted to do was sports. I played sports in high school. Um, yeah, I was going to ask, what were your interests in high school? Sports. Yeah, it was sports. Sports, for sure. Yeah, and, and I, I, I did know I wanted to get into communications, mm-hmm. and I wanted to be a broadcaster. Um, partially because I knew at some point I, I wasn't going to be a good enough athlete to go on and play. So if you can't there you know, is that moment you can't you, beat them, mock them, or like <laughs> analyze them, right? That's right, right. Um, so that's what I wanted to do. And went to Fredonia with that in mind. I wanted to do wanted to do sports, mm-hmm. and uh, did it at Fredonia, and then the soap opera. And then Jamestown was hired as a weekend sports guy. For I was there about th- two and a half, three years. So was it? What is it? A Time Warner? Uh, uh, yeah. Cable access. So think. In, so in think Jamestown? like so now. Spectrum has Spectrum News. Spectrum has. This their is own what news. Evo- this is what it evolved from. Okay. Was there? There was. It was called Time Warner Cable Eight News, and they had little outlets around the state and around, mm-hmm. I think, you know, the region where they were trying to fill the void and get more local content, more local. And, and you were reporting specifically on Jamestown Jamestown sports. High School Sports. And at the time, Buffalo Bills training camp was still was in Fredonia. So we covered that. Wow. And so I loved it there. It was yeah. great. I mean, yeah. they took it very serious. I was 22 years old, 23 years old. And then it was just time to move on. And I sent a bunch of tapes out. And got a couple offers, one on the West Coast, one on the East Coast. This was in Kearney, Nebraska. Kearney, Nebraska. Yeah, the middle of the middle of the country. Now, was was this a situation where you, you, as you said, you sent out a bunch of tapes? Right. And did Kearney pick you, or did did you pick Kearney? Well, that's the thing. So you sent out a bunch of tapes, and you see, you know, where you stand. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's what it was. And what size market was it? It was market, I believe, one twelve, one twelve, or one twenty. So. Smaller to mid-sized market, but the the why it was ideal for me is because being in sports, I had an opportunity to cover the Nebraska football team and the oh, basketball of team. So they were big time at the time uh, and still are. CBS, ABC yeah, affiliate. The, which it was the ABC affiliate. ABC affiliate. So yeah. college football was big on ABC at the time. So yes. for two years in the, in the middle of Nebraska, Kearney, Nebraska, I traveled across the the Midwest and the country and covered mm-hmm. Nebraska football. They ended up going to the Rose Bowl national championship game the first year I was there. So we were out in L.A. and California for the oh, for how the, exciting. That was super exciting. And then the next year they lost to everyone they hadn't lost to in 20, 20 plus years. So were, were you the the sport? Anchor? I was the main sports anchor there. Wow. Yeah. So the first time I was ever on TV in Nebraska was in the it was at a Nebraska football game. In the game. middle of Nebraska football. Right in the middle of and football. you are the sports yeah. anchor. I, I'll tell you How what. Exciting. Uh, we were getting ready to do a pregame show for the first game that I'd ever seen in person of Nebraska football. And and we had headphones on just similar to this. And my news director at the time said, Don't worry about it. Welcome to Nebraska. There's about to be a million people that see you because <laughs> this pregame <laughs> show went across the state. So um loved it. And it was so different from you know, growing up in Western New York, and but the people were so were so kind and so you know engaging, and we just really had a yeah, nice what time. Were, how how boy, how different is Nebraska? It, it was, it was, and I, I think the people were really just really they embraced I mean, us. Yeah, I mean, we think of it stereotypically like it's farm country. Sure, and it's, it was, you know, and it was, and it was much different. Very very flat. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, very different. Yeah. The, our politically state, very different as Politically well? very different, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the station was literally in the middle of a cornfield, like 11 <laughs> miles into a cornfield. And I had a Jeep Wrangler at the time, this old, you know, beat-up Jeep Wrangler. So you take the top off in the summer, but you could see stars forever oh, driving through. Could. None of those And then we saw, lights. you know, tornadoes in the county, and you had to go into shelter and big-size hail and big-time weather. But What the, other sports were you following? I followed with covering. Right. So in Kearney, there was a Division II um, it was University of Nebraska at Kearney. at Kearney. So they had a big-time Division II uh, men's basketball program, big-time uh, Division II women's volleyball program. They did very, very well mm. and were very well followed. So it was a college town at the Division II level where Kearney was. And then the big uh, University of Nebraska was in Lincoln, uh, which is about an hour and 20 minutes uh, to the east. So we'd have to travel back and forth there to cover the Nebraska football team, which was the big draw. I mean, that is that is it. And then of course. You know, Nebraska baseball and, and Little League baseball and high school football, which was which was different from what I played and what I covered because they had, I believe it was eight-man football because there wasn't enough folks to field either side of the team. So were that the, was different. Were the Friday Night Lights high, high oh, school yeah. football? That's there? how you found it. This was back before, you know, navigation yeah, and what sure. have you. You saw uh, the lights. You saw the lights and you drove to the middle of a cornfield to find the lights, and that's that's the way it was. Did, they, pay, did they pay any attention to the national... Uh, you know, the NBA, the NHL. Not NFL. really. I mean, big time. There was, you know, a lot of Kansas City Chiefs fans out there um, in terms okay. of NFL, but college was it. I mean, sure. and, you know, Sundays here in Western New York for a lot of Bills fans or whatever are the day for football. Yes. Um, there it was Saturday. 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 Right. And then, the, you know. And people, Friday Night Lights for high school. Absolutely. So and how big was the stadium? The stadium, when it was filled, was the second largest city in Nebraska. Oh, was in Lincoln. Man. So it was, it was very large. And... You know, covered against, you know, Texas and Oklahoma and Texas Tech. And they played a big game at Penn State at the time, which was the largest crowd ever um, at Penn State. It was a night game. Mm-hmm. It was the year after they lost in the national championship game. But it was a great experience. So for, for if, if, there, if football is that, college football is that big, then obviously the college football sports coverage is also very yeah, popular. It was, it was, yeah. We Every day it was something about Nebraska football. We were to and from. Um, Lincoln, you know, two, three times a week, and then we traveled with the team to mm-hmm. wherever that game was, Colorado, Texas, Oklahoma, Kansas, Kansas State, all of that, which to me was remarkable, being yes. from Western New York and never really being west of Chicago. Mm-hmm. To see that part of a country, that country in that regard was was really, really rewarding. It was great. And then you had a chance to come back here? I sent, a, that, tape to a, I sent a tape to a friend, and actually my boss at the time, who was my first boss in Jamestown, New York. I sent a tape to her. She was working for Channel 7, Elizabeth Carey. She's still been in this market for a long period mm-hmm. of time. Just to say, hey, look at it. You know, I've been here two years. I was coming up to the end of my contract in Nebraska. Take a look. Tell me what you think. And she happened to pass it along to who has become a mentor and great friend of mine, John Murphy. Voice oh, John of the Bills, longtime sports director. I went on vacation with my family, came back, and there were voicemail messages from, from John, from Murph, and from the station from director Murph. and, and the, the general manager, and please come for an interview. And we, I, I came back from vacation, and I packed my bags, and I flew to Buffalo, and I came for the interview, and I was started in Buffalo July of 2003, mm-hmm. right at the beginning of Bill's training camp, and the rest is... Uh, the rest is it. Sixteen years. When, had you had in the back of your mind that you'd like to get back to Western yeah, New York? Yeah, I did. I mean, I wanted to get closer to home. I mean, mm-hmm. my my mother and father, my brothers at the time were were. It's you know they were still in Rochester for a large part of me being in Nebraska. My mm-hmm. brothers had kind of gone to college and gone off in different directions. Uh, my parents actually left Rochester about four months prior to me coming back to Buffalo. But um, I wanted to be closer just to Western New York. Um, I see. 
just and, and Buffalo was just a dream come true. I felt comfortable with my early, you know, 22 year old being around the Bills, knowing what that would take to cover the Bills. That mm-hmm. coming back, I felt, thought uh, that I could add to the coverage here at Channel Seven and to work with a guy like you know John Murphy. Like John Murphy. Just like oh my goodness, so Legendary. I was like you know, and I remember that whole contract. There wasn't even a negotiation. It was like this is what it is, and it was like, absolutely. You know, I didn't even no the sports no negotiating Van Miller no. than John Murphy. That's that what I mean. It. Yeah, and to get a chance to. In, in brief passing and in several conversations, meet the likes of Van Miller through, you know, through Murph and, and, and that. It was just an incredible opportunity. And covered, uh, you know, went from weekend sports anchor and then Murph left television uh, or left Channel 7. Right, and then to they become off- full-time with the Bills. And then they offered me the sports director job, and we did that and traveled with the Bills and the Sabres, uh, you know, across the, you know, across the mm-hmm. country. And about three or four years, and first of all, that was that was incredible. That's I mean, oh, that's the level I wanted to do it at. I felt so privileged and honored to have that opportunity to to cover the team that I watched, you know, growing up. Sure. Um, and to follow some great playoff runs for the Sabers, oh six, oh seven. The Bills never made the playoffs while I covered them, but <laughs> of course now they do. <laughs> so, uh, uh, real quick, the a company purchased Channel Seven about four and a half years ago. Scripps. Scripps. Yeah. yeah so Scripps. And the day that the bills were sold, it was a huge day. It was official. Everybody remembers it. Went on the air and uh, did, you know, the breaking news special for a half hour or what have you. The bills are officially sold. And we mm-hmm. covered that so closely. Such a big deal. Um, my boss at the time grabbed me in the hallway right after. This was the day that this was going on. And said, hey, would you ever have any interest in doing, you know, doing news? Great news. Can, do you have any time to talk about it? I was like, well, you know, the bills were just sold today. <laughs> today may not be the best time, <laughs> right. but let me think about it. And the rest has progressed. Um, I have two little ones at home and my wife. Um, travel was fantastic. And, you know, I, I felt extremely fortunate to do it. But it was, it was you know, 60, 70 hours a week with a wife and uh, two little ones at home. It became daunting right. a little bit. And it just... Right place, right time, opportunity to play a bigger role, uh, have a perhaps a bigger, different voice in an emerging, uh, you know, emerging city. Um, so I now anchor. I've now anchored the five and the eleven o'clock news at Channel Seven for the last three and a half, four years. So what it gave you was a anchor in in many ways. Right. Uh, it anchored you to the did. to the Western New York area, so you weren't leaving town all the time it to did. follow to follow it the did. sports teams. Yeah, and I was spoiled in that regard. You know what I mean? And I and I think that made made the decision a little bit easier for me, the transition, because mm-hmm. I had been able to do it at the level that I you know did it at. My wife is from Western New York, yes. Buffalo Public School, grew up in the Elmwood Village. So um, this is where we, you know, wanted to be. And if this was an opportunity for me to continue to be here um, in a different, perhaps larger role, um, you know, honored and fortunate to have. And I noticed, and I, and I noticed that, uh, like on days like uh, yesterday, as a matter of fact, that uh, you still got your licks in on about <laughs> sports uh, during your five o'clock news, yeah, newscast. Well, I mean. I noticed a couple of weeks ago when they won, you right. had a little special glint in your eye. You were pretty excited. Yeah. And and so you, you still, yesterday, even though, you know, you were the news anchor, sure. you were still uh, right well, there in the forefront covering. And I think that's And why excited I, that they're going to be on, on Channel 7 this, this Saturday. Yeah, and I can lend that perspective, too. You know, mm-hmm. I, and I think that, that when that crossover, when it becomes such a big story like it is right now, that's and a, it was two years ago, it becomes a news story. It yes. becomes, that's, you know, what's true. going on in the community, and, and a lot of people 
people are interested in it, and I can kind of lend some perspective from my years covering the team, mm -hmm. and then what it means, you know, closer to the news side of things. And if they ever go really big, you know, um, you know, maybe we throw the travel hat back on and go cover that big, you know, playoff game or what have you. Right. But it is fun in that way because when it does turn into a, you know, a, a news story and it's one of the lead stories, uh, you know, after they win, you know, get into the playoffs, it's it's fun to to get energized and excited about that team again. Again, because they never went to the playoffs when I covered them. <laughs> Nobody will hear this. It's okay, it's okay Jim. Which is fine, but how exciting. I mean, just just how exciting for the team and not only the players. Oh, so I couldn't even sleep Sunday night. I, know. And, I and, stayed up and watched the whole day, and, and then and then I went to bed, and I said, i got to go to bed. i got to go to bed. And I got in bed, and I was, I was like, like this. My eyes right. were popping wide it's, open. It's exciting. Crazy and I think of not only the culture that the, the new – ownership and coach and general manager have cemented, but also the longtime people that have worked for that organization who saw limited success for years and years yep, and years yep. behind the scenes, whether that's, you know, on the community the relations side of things. All those people who, who went out to meet the team yeah. at oh, 2 a.m., they, they weren't great. even alive it's during the, it's, the, the, the 90s runs. A lot you know? of them were not. No, were not for sure. A, no. a lot of them were not. So they, they've they never experienced... Not just not just a playoff team, but right. a team that that goes on in the playoffs. Yeah, it's it's Knock exciting. On wood. It's certainly exciting for sure. Okay, now we pause All while right. I get up and wave my hand over here, <laughs> so that the stupid light will go back. I love this part of it, actually. Yeah, there it is. Okay, I tried just waving around the corner. I have a light like that similar in my house as well. Well, I never realized that I, when I did previous interviews in here that that part of the reason why it stayed on was because it it sensed warm bodies in the mm -hmm. room and, and um, high tech yeah I guess <laughs> there's something to be said for a light switch I agree. turn it on and I off agree. but well if I had little kids in my house my, my daughter and son-in-law of course they've got these in every room of their house right because the kids I do you remember did your father tell you wait till you start paying the electric oh, bills oh you heard that all the time you, oh, right I, yeah, and, and he's right because I left my closet light on Every day, yeah, I was the worst. And, I still am the worst. And now I sit with the TV and a, like a candle next to me, and <laughs> that's all I've got. I'm reading the Buffalo News like this, and I'm yeah. watching TV, and, I, and I've got one light in the house, and my electric bill is still. It's so yeah, it's, it's still. It's but the just crazy. mentality is so different. Yeah, isn't it? it is. So when you first started out at Channel Seven, yeah. at WKBW, you were um, a, a sports reporter. Yeah, I was the weekend sports. But John anchor. John was, was the, the sports director. Yeah, so I, I had an opportunity to really learn under him. Mm -hmm. Watch how he worked. He, you know, he his work ethic was unbelievable. Sure. And he also, and I've praised him for this through our, you know, our friendship, you know, of all these years of just his his way to find a balance with the intensity of work mm -hmm. and finding a balance with family, with family, right? And and making that a priority in every which way you can. Because working nights is not ideal, and working weekends is you know not ideal. And all walks of life do that. You know, well, how do you how do you handle now that you're doing five and eleven? Right. I mean, you've got that big chunk of time in the middle. Sure. Uh, do you go home? I do. I we're, you know again fortunate enough to live here in the city, so mm -hmm. I can dart home three or four nights a week. Um, after the five, or you know, this week I'm doing the five, five thirty, and the six mm -hmm. with with our friend Keith Radford, you yes. know, um, on vacation this week, and, and deservedly so. But I'll I'll dart home, and you know, Dad's home, and it's dinner, and it's homework, and it's bed, and it's baths, and it's you know, uh, give my wife a kiss and a hug, and uh, try to be as you know, there as I can be then, in that hour. And you're home by midnight. Then. Yeah, I'm and home by and midnight. I'm sure you don't get up at 5 a.m. If you're no, I try. I do try to get up, at, you know, with the kids in the morning and help mm -hmm. out, um, mm -hmm. get them out the door. Um, you know, two to three, four times a week. So we'll get up at 
you know, seven o'clock and we'll get it cranked back up and try and get rid of or do a bunch of things in the morning that sure. some folks may do it in the evening. Yeah. Maybe squeeze in a 15 minute nap and then back to the station at, uh, you know, two o'clock. Okay. Two, two thirty. Well, how am I, how am I messing you up today? Then? You're not. See that I, that's just me. That's just the way I am. Sometimes I like to get there. Okay. Right. Um, okay. and then get settled so in. So let's talk about, let's yeah. talk about what you do when you get there. Do you, do you write all your own scripts? Do you, are there, are there people there who are strictly writers sure. and editors and how sure. does that work? Well, the news gathering process starts very early in the morning. I know nothing about broadcast yeah. television. So, I, right. know, I'm from this, sure. I'm, from, <laughs> I'm from the place where you spend five weeks rehearsing. Right. And then you go out and you memorize everything, and you have a new script every day. It's a new live show right. every day. Um, and so, your skills in that regard are remarkable. I, well, and, you know, I don't know. It's very nice no, of you to it's, say. It's but. absolutely true. Um, the, the news gathering cycle starts in the morning. Uh, starts with the morning team in the morning show, which gets on the air at 4.30 in the morning and, uh, and goes throughout. News managers and editors and producers all gather to see what the, the stories of the day, whether it's enterprise or news of the day or what's going on. Has there been this, that, or the other, or things that we want to continue to follow. Mm -hmm. That gets assigned to reporters early in the day that start you know, chasing that down, getting the interviews and putting those stories together. And when I get in with my co-anchor, Ashley Rowe, and, and Keith Radford, right yes. around 2.30 or 3 o'clock, the rundowns are set for the show. So that's 5, 5.30, and 6, it's broken down. And the news director set, sets that? Yeah, the news director kind of sets what the tone is of the day, what mm -hmm. we're focusing Who on. Who decides what stories and what order and so on? Exactly, with the, you know, the, our news managers, assistant news directors, and executive producers and, and the like. And they'll work with producers to kind of set the rundowns. And then the producers will write the majority uh, of that, including and then leave space for weather and for sports and what have you. And we'll come in and we'll... We'll read that over with our producers, work to sort of make the script a little bit in our voice. I was just going to yeah. say, some, somewhere you get your own voice get in there. Get a little bit of our voice in there, make sure that things, because they have a lot to write. Oh, um, yeah. So just to make no, that's sure. That's why I asked, you couldn't possibly write it all yourself no, either. No, um, But we do, I try to put our marks on stuff, and, and we're asked to, you know, write specific scripts some days. Uh, and that's just for the news television side of it. A lot of a lot of our days now is also switched to the digital side, mm. the importance of social media and mm -hmm. the importance of the website. And now that has progressed throughout my career to the importance of streaming and what's called o OTT, which is over the top. So if you have an Apple TV or Hulu or Amazon Fire yes. Stick, Channel 7 has an app where all of our content is available on that app. I and see. I think the next step. And what is your responsibility in terms of that? Creating, um, you know, web, you know, web stories. We'll be writing and trying to get stuff up on on Facebook and on our website and out on Twitter and out on social. But media. you're more the face of that as opposed to the not the, only not only the face, but we do we do write and and uh, put those things together, content on the digital side as well. And how does it differ, or doesn't it? Sometimes it does. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of it is trying to get it into the hands of where people are are consuming news these days. Can it, be, can it be more elongated or is it more sometimes, truncated? Sometimes it can be. Um, long format stories can go on the website, uh, mm -hmm. whether it's video or whether it's, it, you know, written. Mm -hmm. um, I think back to the coverage of, you know, what was going on in the diocese over the last year. Sure, sure. And the investigative pieces by our investigative reporter, Charlie Speck, those are long form took a long period of time to, to knock those things out. And then the, so there'd be the actual written story on the mm -hmm, web mm -hmm. and along with the, the video component of it. And, which and what, you, what would you say is your percentage of time that you that you actually spend on this whole new medium yeah. th that is now part of Well, it's digital. It has changed and evolved. And I've been lucky, I think, in some ways to 
habit early on in my career where here's the internet and here's websites and here's the importance of the websites and then here's Facebook and then mm-hmm. here's the importance of how Facebook feeds websites right. and on and on and on and on and on. Well, you've grown up with it. As That's what I mean. To as opposed to been around a long time and they all of a sudden they say, guess what? You know, we have to have right. presence here, right? Because because that makes a huge difference. And it's definitely changing and evolving. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we've all done a very good job of of understanding that. They'll show you the stats on it, and just diving in. And you know, our digital responsibilities, quite honestly, are is equal to us getting on the air at five o'clock. Mm-hmm. You know, we want to get our content out. We want to get our stories out. We want to be, you know, the news source for Western New York. And quite frankly, a lot of that happens online and digitally right now. That, that is the deadline for the that as, as, uh, as demanding? I think so. I think, you know, for us, we are preparing for the shows when we first get in, right? Mm-hmm. For the 5, 5.30 and 6. You know, we are focused on what is in those shows, our roles in those shows, making sure the tone of those scripts are correct, making sure everything is accurate and factual, making sure they fit where they are, and we are focused on that. But if something breaks, some a fire or you know a, a tragedy or some story that's important to Western it's New York, we can shift gears very quickly and work together as a team and dive in to get that up. You know, we'd lo- love to be first. You got to be right. Right. You, know, you got to yes. be right, mm-hmm. and you want to make sure that you're factual and, and be right, and then get it up as quickly as possible because people are getting it there first. Do you actually do, well, for lack of a better term, a rehearsal of of your five o'clock newscast? No, there is. I mean, I, I will read. And that was one of the interesting things when I first got into broadcasting. You know, and I hadn't done this in college, where you, you would go into a newsroom and you hear people reading out loud, mm-hmm. reading the scripts out loud. And probably timing very sim- Right. Probably very similar to rehearsals that I mean no I know that you have rehearsals well, in that sure. regard for sure but there's but, nobody there with the stopwatch no, saying and it's, we've got 20 seconds before right, we go to commercial right 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 and a lot of the a lot of us is just reading the scripts out loud to see you know pronunciations make sure this flows in the mm-hmm. correct way the the timing is really more on the producer side of things so they'll be in your ear throughout a show Okay, we got 30 seconds. We're going to drop this because we went too long here, or okay. we're gonna, we need more time for weather because this storm's coming in, or something will shift, or yes, we yes. have breaking news come in. So it's a constant, you know, spinning a bunch of plates from our producers and our directors. God, and that must be interesting. To, uh, it is interesting. And I mean, every every day is a, is a different. I mean, every day is a different situation. Every day is. Um, I mean, you you start with a basic skeleton of what you're going right. to do that day, but things change constantly. There was a huge accident on the 290. So we're gonna we're, you're reading something and they're in your ear saying we're going to this, mm-hmm. and you haven't seen it. You don't know what you know, and you rely on your producers. Meanwhile, your mouth you. is saying the last ten words on the on the teleprompter, but somebody in your ear is going exactly. Oh, Jeff, we're gonna change oh, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Or, you know, they fired this coach or, you know, whatever it is. Um, So it's a team. It's a team effort. And I'll tell you, the uh, the team that we have at Channel 7 right now, everybody's in it together. And it it feels like a family. It feels, you know, refreshing and rewarding. That's great. And it's hard. And it's like it's like a lot of professions. You are working with a a group of folks that you work very closely with in high stress sometimes Mm -hmm. situations, as you can tell by my gray hair. (laughs) Um, (laughs) and you have that trust and that relationship with everybody that you work with and that drive. And, uh, it is really rewarding, uh, both not only to get it on the air and do so accurately, uh, and quickly, but also, um, you know, to do it in in a well-produced show and tie that all up. Do do you finish the, like the five o'clock, you get to the five thirties segment, uh, and there's just a big, yeah, there's a. <laughs> there is. Yeah. There is, and we did. We made it. We did it. And you know, you know, 
you know, I've been in this, been in TV closing in on 21 years now. So, mm-hmm. you know, when it feels right, you know, um, you know, television done well, you know, that, you know, that was well produced, that was well done. And you know when it doesn't go right. You know when. And how often are there bloopers? That there just, are. I mean, it just happens. A, a, a bloopers probably all the time. And that takes but. forever. And that's one of the things. If you know, when I when I go back and talk to you know prospective you know college students that want to get into the business, it's like you get so hung up, very similar to what you do, mm-hmm. on not making a mistake. Yeah. It's going to happen. Yeah. You know, and it's it's getting that mentality to get over that mistake quickly. And move on right, to the next thing. Right, and just thing. move on. But that takes time, though. It, it does. does. You know? And I, I bet you can reflect on that. Takes well, a well I can. Because it, 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 go look at some little kid in a play, the first time he's in a play, and like something falls off the table, and they look at it like, right. what do I do? What do I do now? What do we do? It, 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 what would you do? Right. You pick it up and you move on. So in your situation, you just have to move on. Correct. And just... <laughs> <laughs> cover it. Yeah. You and Ashley probably, you know, make make little remarks across back and forth with mm-hmm. each other that, well, we lost him. Or, yeah, yeah. Know, well, we apologize for the technical. You, you know, know how many times have I heard? Well, it's live TV, right. folks, and and it, and it is. It is. That's and the I've, excitement and I've of live TV. Better as at well. saying that. When I was first on TV at 22 or 23 You'd years be a old, wreck. I would be an absolute wreck. <laughs> Not only going into the show, but if something happened, yeah. you know, they, you hear something and you're, you know, we don't have that story or this and that. You know, there was one time I. Would, I was 30 seconds into my sports schedule. I was like, all right, we're going to break. And they went to break, and they're like, don't ever do that again. Because, you you know, and I'm learning. <laughs> I've never done it again. <laughs> yeah, it only but trial, once. trial and error and just be understanding that you're going to make mistakes. Get better from those mistakes. Yeah. yeah. Work your butt off. And nothing is the end of the world. No. There. I mean, it's something. It's not. It goes, it's not. You just move on. Just move on. Yeah. I, I, should, I, I wanted to ask you some other things here, but, I, you know, we I'm just thinking about the difference between, you know, television and, and theater and and because you're an entertainer, you, you are an entertainer as well, and you have to have a personality and you have to have a certain people look at you and they, it's not just the words, you know, right. it, it, there's something has to be appealing about about you as right. a person and, and certainly you've proven that right. in in your in your success both as a sports caster and then a sports director and now as an anchor sure. so but the difference is that we get weeks and weeks to, to rehearse and right. say things over and over again granted we're memorizing things but but there's a there's a little bit of entertainer in in you as well part of your job is to be a, a personality sure yes. sure first of all the memorization that you guys do is incredible to me right i think that's absolutely incredible well, but it's it's repetition no repetition. I understood and understood. you people say oh i couldn't do it i couldn't do it yeah you could you just repeat it the number of times we repeat it and still screw up every <laughs> well night. i saw billy the kid and it was incredible and <laughs> well, the memorization involved in that it's it's fantastic and that's you know maybe i could but i've never been able to do could. it like that the the it's but your con- personality yeah and, i think constantly working on that right mm-hmm. personality comes through if if you're just if you're just comfortable with doing what you do mm-hmm. I've always considered myself to be pretty laid back have a decent sense of humor um, but the news side of things quite honestly was it was a change for me there mm-hmm. are some there are some heartbreaking dramatic moments that you're oh, dealing yes. with you know there are some terribly sad things that I've gotten you know that have hit me like a ton of bricks when you're reading them and they catch you off guard and it's just trying to be authentic in that moment and just realize that people are looking at you to tell them this story as, you know, as tough as it can be. Mm-hmm. And you get caught up in that sometimes. And there wasn't many times when you had to deal with tragedy on the sports side of things. And that's what I've been working on each and every day is trying to be more authentic. Not only, like, don't be so 
Don't just be a talking head. Exactly. And I think a lot of that comes pretty easily. A lot of that comes just with, you know, repetition as you as how to handle this situation, mm-hmm. how to just let it, you know, breathe for a second. Um, because in the end, we're, we're all pretty authentic people when you're not in front of a camera. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I, I consider myself that. Sometimes it's trying to get that across to the viewers, and we work really hard on that. And that's just being in the moment. And there are times I've choked up. There are, you know, there are times and stories that have just hit so close to home, whether it's, you know, we don't even need to get into it, but no, it's just, I, but, I, we know, but we you know what, what you know what I'm talking to. about. Sure. And so that's been the biggest challenge for me is to just let my authenticity come through in those mm-hmm. moments and just to know what people are thinking at home and to just, you know, kind of do the best you can in those moments. To not be the stereotypical yeah. talking head, well, yeah. know, anchor man. Right. And that <laughs> transition know. took a little bit of time. You know, mm-hmm. sports, it was just like, you know, at that time I'd been in sports for, you know, 16 years. So if, you know, I could just write like ad lib here or there and we could just let well, it you, go. You, but if you've it, gotten to my question, which was what's the hard, what was the hardest part about about switching from, from sports to straight news and, sure. and being an anchor man. Sure. And, and I think you've just sort of answered Yeah, that. I think in some ways that, that has been the most difficult mm-hmm. is some of the things that, you know, some of the topics are tough, yes. and but they're important, not only to, you know, the community, but the families that, you know, have been involved in any of these stories or whether it's, um, you know, and anything that's going on with them or going on with the community that's an issue or, yes. you know, a tragedy that we're dealing with uh, as a Western New Yorker or, you know, some of the celebrations that we're dealing with. Um I think a lot of that has just been don't be a talking head, take a deep <laughs> breath, and be I feel pers- like let the fact that you're a person, person show yeah. through. Right, and that's that's you know some of the most celebrated you know news people um, have been able to do that and have you know really great careers. And I, I strive to get better at that every day. I think we all can get better at, at doing that every day. Yeah, my my image in my head, of course, is uh, and of course you're too young to remember this, but the moment when uh, Walter Cron- Cronkite announced Kennedy's death. Sure. And you could just see him, mm-hmm. and he was doing this, yeah. and wiping his eyes, but he was still solid. Right. But you could see a human being, right? There, a exactly. human being it's reacting such a to cl- it. Classic moment. All right. right. I've, I've already taken up a ton of your time, but I, I want to ask you about about Buffalo. Sure. And and where you know what what do you think has been the? Do you think we are really? Experiencing a resurgence here, aside from all the breweries. Sure, no, no, I hear you. Teams. Yeah, well, I've I've lived in the city mm-hmm. since I came here in '03, so bopped around a couple of different you know neighborhoods, mm-hmm. um, and so and my wife's from the city, so we've been here and, and and seen the breweries and some of the development, and I think in some aspects that's super, that's exciting mm-hmm. because we know it's been here, been yes. here long enough to see the change, yes, long enough to see the growth. Um, and I, I, I look to some of the projects and I cover development. You even look at, you know, road less travel moving down here on main street and some of the work that's been done on main street. And that's exciting. That's right. refreshing. I do. I, that, as soon as they open up this section of main street, it'll be great. There you go. That's what I mean. Yeah. And it, as soon as they get the funding to do that, that'll be a huge step forward. So you have seen steps forward in terms of development. Now, mm-hmm. resurgence, sure. Renaissance in some ways, absolutely. I think we still have a long way to go. Um, as, as Western New York and Buffalo. I think we, it's not really, we're not really getting to where we want to get if it doesn't include everyone, right? And I think that there, sure. there is work to be done. And there's some tremendous organizations and tremendous people in this community that continue to work in the regards of workforce development and, you know, making our 
you know, public schools better, and on so many different fronts. There are so many great organizations. You know, Northland Training Facility comes to mind. Say Yes Buffalo comes to mind. There's a lot of great things going on in the community. I just think that we, as a community, continue to push forward uh, to make sure that we're not leaving anybody behind. Right. And it's because not, we're still a very right. poor Absolutely. And that's, and I think the, the true renaissance is, is when we embrace that and, and there's something for everybody to take a step forward. In. And I think a lot of it is exciting. Um, there's a lot to celebrate. And I still think it's fair to say we have a long way to go. Yeah. And every time I come downtown and see, well, mostly during the summer and you see all the festivals and you see, and you say, why, why can't this be like this every weekend? Right. Why, you know, why can't, curtain up, the people up and down Main yeah. Street, you're thinking, why can't this happen? If not every weekend, then at a different location every weekend, right. and and maybe that's what makes it so special is that it doesn't happen all the time. Sure. But but you keep wondering when it's going to really branch out and, yeah. and hit every night. And there are like a tremendous, you know, there's so many great people doing great things in this community. There really are, and people mm-hmm. are working very hard on several several fronts. And I think they'll be the first to acknowledge that we, you know, we can all. Uh, improve our community even more and mm-hmm. be better on, on, on many, many fronts. And I, I love seeing that. I love feeling that because you feel a little bit of, you know, momentum mm-hmm. on, on several fronts and you just build on it. You can build on it. Um, do you, do you in, in your position as anchor or as, as a news writer, sure. do you get to choose or suggest stories? Yeah. We, one of the things that we've been working on over, you know, the last 18 months or so was called Hiring 716, one yes. of the pillars of what we were doing in terms of workforce development, trying to highlight employment opportunities for mm-hmm. folks here, in, mm-hmm. you know, in Buffalo, in Western New York. And that really kind of, you know, that, that hooked on to a lot of people. There's been a lot of answers. We created, you know, a, a job website and dealt with professionals on how to you know, touch up your resume or what skills you need here. We did a lot with the Northland training um, facility uh, and things going on there in terms of here's a bunch of opportunities um, and here's a here's a workforce development program that are really getting people to the jobs at the end of this one to two. Well, that's program. something that, but that's something that that uh, the Channel Seven or or the, the the news department took the initiative on. Sure. Well, we were you we as were, an individual. We were intimately involved in that. We, Ashley Rowe and I, like we went through the process of what can we identify as something that we think Mm -hmm. will be a, you know, a good program. So if you, if you wanted to, you could come in with an idea and say, Hey boss, I I don't know who your boss is. You just said, but, but you know, here's something that I think we should, we should start covering or we should uh, create a human interest story about this. Absolutely, You'd have that, that flexibility. Yeah. And we do that often. We'll pitch stories on behalf of. You know, the communities that we live in, programs that, you know, we're involved in, mm-hmm. um, issues that we have identified uh, that we'd like to see more coverage on. And depending on, you know, you know workflow and what's going on that day, um, they'll either be covered or something that we can work on with the station to try and cover. So, yeah, we are active in that way. And there's a lot of great stories to be told, and there's a lot of issues that need to be tackled. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. having that role, when I say that expanded role on the news side of things, um, has been – has been rewarding, I think. And I'm just trying to establish, you yeah. know, that you're way more than just a talking head. Yeah. I mean, if you actually initiate these stories and help write these stories sure. and uh, instigate these stories, right. uh, that's that's great. Yeah, and it's just having that voice in the community. I live here, right? I work here. Yeah. Um, I fell in love with the city. I fell in love in the city. I'm raising my family in the city. Um, I'm proud to be doing so um, at a time where I think we are taking steps forward. And I want to, in some way... Um, continue to help us as a community continue to take those steps. Thanks very much, Jeff Russo. Thanks for having me. Appreciate you coming on. Thank you.
very nice guy, Jeff Russo. Interesting young man. Of course, compared to me, anyone is young. But um, don't let that gray hair fool you. He is quite a young man, and um, he's got a beautiful family, and we talked about that a little bit off mic. And I very much appreciated him taking a trip over to the studio. <laughs> the studio. You know, people ask me, how do I do this? Uh, where do I go to record these things? Well, what I've been doing is I've been going to the Road Less Traveled Theater. I've been setting up in one of the dressing rooms because it's kind of centrally located there at 456 Main Street. And it's relatively quiet. Uh, there's not much going on in the construction area around the building. And uh, that which is going on is pretty far away from where I record, so it doesn't disturb anything. And and my biggest fear this time was that the road less traveled construction crew would be in there building the set for the Antipodes, which opens on January 16th. In my head, I figured, well, they probably want to get it done before the Christmas holidays, before they have uh, other family obligations. But I was lucky. They had a lot of stuff set up. But during the day yesterday, they did not have a lot of work going on. So that was good. And a quick reminder that uh, the Antipodes opens on January 16th. But before that, we will be doing a live podcast. Well, it, live is a, a bit of a misnomer because we're going to be recording it live, but it won't be going out over the podcast airwaves live. We'll be recording it and then editing it and, and putting it out uh, a few weeks later. But we will be recording it live in the theater on January 12th at 1 p.m. And it's open to everybody. You're invited. Everyone's invited. It's a free road less traveled function. Um, and if you want to meet Sean Cullen and be part of the live audience for the taping, taping, does anybody use tape anymore? No. For the recording of the podcast, uh, swing on by 1 p.m. on January 12th. And we'll probably open it up so that the audience can ask some questions as well after I run out of crazy things to ask. So uh, please consider it. Uh, stop by and meet Sean Cullen. Say hello to me, and uh, maybe your voice will be heard in the podcast when it gets released uh, a week or two later. And, of course, don't forget that the Antipodes, which we'll be talking more about in future podcasts, opens on January 16th, running through February 9th, and Sean Cullen will be in that. It's a play by Annie Baker. It's all I can tell you about it right now, but... I encourage you to get your tickets as quickly as possible because it is sure to be a hot seller. And how do you get tickets, you may ask? Well, you go to roadlesstraveledproductions.org, all one word, roadlesstraveledproductions.org, or you can just give a call, 629-3069 for tickets. And that's all for this podcast. Thanks again for listening. Have a nice holiday season, everybody. Enjoy the family for as long as you can stand them. We'll see you in a couple of weeks here on Off-Road a road less traveled podcast. <laughs>